Hello and happy new year, Xbox Nation. Welcome to the first episode of 2022. This is the Xbox Factor Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Mr. Boomstick XL, and we have an absolutely outstanding show for you today. I am back with my brothers. I could not be happier. Uh, we are we are less one brother. Uh, if you didn't know, uh, Zemi Games officially has left the program uh, because guess what? He got an incredible job. It pays really well. And of course, his seat is always going to be open if he ever decides that he wants to come back, uh, even like if just part time or he just wants to pop in. But yes, Zemi Games uh, has officially left the building. Uh, we wish him the most incredible success because he is a very talented young man. Um, and uh, I think he's going to do great things in his new position, so we're excited for that. Uh, we also, but we did get someone to sit in and replace Zemi Games, uh, and that comes in the form of Mr. Joanna Dark. Now, this is a gentleman that has exploded on the scene when it comes to uh, community awareness, uh, his the way he interacts with uh, gaming uh, with gamers across the world, across the globe. Um, and uh, that's that's PlayStation, that's Xbox, that's Nintendo, that's everybody. And uh, he made such an impression uh, on the few shows that I worked with him that I actually asked him if he wanted to join. And yes, folks, he will be making his official first appearance as a, as a, a standard panel member next tuesday afternoon i'm sure he's going to be in the chat and he's listening he's uh c currently doing some uh some you know um, uh, work meetings that he obviously couldn't get out of but we'll get him back here next week for his first episode but let's introduce i mean these gentlemen really don't need introductions but they're going to get them anyway we're going to start first with boxenberger on camera how you doing brother happy new year how are you and the family Happy New Year to you too. Happy New Year to Pong. Happy New Year to Mav and to the entire community. Uh, I'm glad to be back here. Uh, I missed it the last two weeks. I missed my brothers from the other side of the world. Missed the community talking about games. So I'm super excited for today. We have an exciting year for Xbox ahead. Oh. Um, and we are going to have a blast here today. So yeah. I, I have here. a feeling, uh, Boxenberger, that I... I, I don't think Microsoft slows down. I, I think they step on the pedal oh, even more up. because last year, uh, if you take the last six months, because, you know, obviously they started out 2021 a little slow, but I'm always, I always look at the overall picture, never just one particular instant that says, okay, that, 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 that was a winning move or whatever. You know, when you play a game, you play for 60 minutes, right? And, uh, and Microsoft was in this game for the entire 21 campaign and they delivered pretty much on all fronts, first party, second party, third party, and Xbox Game Pass just exploded with uh, content. And, 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 they're, and they're continuing the trend with some of the biggest releases uh, from Annapurna. Uh, that, that, that they just dropped some little, little games that I downloaded every one of them because they all looked very interesting. And uh, obviously, one of the big ones for January's Xbox Game Pass was Mass Effect. The trilogy, the HD remastered trilogy is in there. That's uh, courtesy of EA Play, which is a part of the service. Um, and uh, look, we're going to get into what they're doing this year. And my God, 
uh, if we thought or you, the panel, and of course, the incredible chat thought that 2021 was big for Xbox, I think 2022 is going to be even bigger. And I think Microsoft will still retain the the the, the conversation on gaming. But Pong, so first of all, brother, it feels like it actually feels like we've, <laughs> we've actually worked together. And, and it actually is true it, now. It actually but, is true this time. <laughs> but listen, happy new year. Great to have you back behind uh, the microphone to be yeah. here today. Xbox, man, they look like they are positioned to really dominate the conversation once again. How are you doing, man? Doing great. Uh, what a two-week uh, hiatus. Uh, yeah. That you know, sometimes you need it to re-energize. But I miss my extended family and all my podcasts for sure. I miss the chat. Uh, I miss all my brothers and sisters that I get to podcast with. So it is kind of bittersweet to, to go through that. But the holidays are the holidays. Uh, real life, uh, spending time with family, uh, super friends important. this year, super important. Uh, Re-energize. Uh, got some gaming in, which was good. I was busier than I wanted to be during the time off, but I did get some gaming in. So, yeah, no, looking ahead, boom, this is 2022 now. Uh, first of all, Happy New Year's to everybody uh, out there. Uh, love you all. I hope you all had a fantastic holiday, uh, whether between Christmas or New Year's or both. Uh, I just hope everybody's starting off 2022 right, uh, and we certainly are here, boom, and we got a lot of Xbox to talk about because it is looking good. The crystal ball, it's on fire right now, so so let's go. Let's go, boom. Let's get to talking. If I forget how to do this, if I just stop talking mid-sentence, please, somebody just <laughs> nudge me, uh, let me know I got to talk, okay? So <laughs> anyways, love you all. Yeah, no, we're, 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 we're going to have a great show, uh, yeah. and uh, rounding out the incredible panel who uh, is, is just a blast to work with every week because of his knowledge, his, his – uh, the way he conducts himself in, in, in the public eye, uh, someone that I'm proud to call an extended part of my family. Mav, what's up, brother? How are you and the family? And are you ready for Xbox in 2022? Heck yeah, I am ready. It's been too long because I wasn't able to be on the last show of the year That's right. for Xbox Factor. So it's been a few weeks, man. I, I miss this. I miss uh Hanging out with Archie and, and Pong. It's going to be sad. I wasn't able to be on Zimmy's last show for this also. So shout out to Zimmy. Um, sorry I wasn't able to be there for your last show on Xbox Factor. But I'm sure we'll run across uh, each other again. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, he's um, he's definitely going to be coming back at, at one point or another. And if it's not, you know, like a regular show, he'll be jumping into like yeah. one of the special edition ones that we'll do. Right on. And uh, super happy to get to work with Mr. Joanna Dark. Uh I guess next week, uh, probably. So that yeah. looking forward to that. And hey, uh, 2022, it is here. We are in a new year. It's a much different than going into 2021, right? We were talking about early 2021. Is Xbox able to capture and ride this momentum? What are they going to do? And now it's like Xbox had such a crazy 2021, especially the last six months. It feels like they have captured all the momentum right now. And now it's like there's a level playing field across the uh, console space yes. in gaming. And now let's like with a level playing field, that's where the real fun begins, right? It's where the uh, all the smash hit games are going to be coming out this year. We get to see all of them on both platforms and, and yeah. have a blast. And I can't wait for this year for Xbox. It's going to be amazing for the things that we do know about. But there's going to be a lot of things also that we don't know about so that's going to be awesome as well yeah you know it's funny you say level playing field because if you look at the three bigs 
uh, Sony apparently has uh, have bookend the year. At least that's that's what their Twitter account mm-hmm. is suggesting. Where uh, we're getting um, Horizon Forbidden West, which one of my most anticipated games. Listen, I, I don't got to go into why I love Aloy as a character, and and I just love those big open world games. That's what's so. That's why I have a PlayStation Five, right? So. That's exciting. Uh, Gran Turismo, look, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm probably going to wait for a sale uh, because I I was a fan back in the days, and I just think that yeah. Polyphony has let its fans down time and time again. So I'm not I'm not in on a $70, $76 game at Jump for what it could potentially just be a regular Gran Turismo with, without the bells and whistles. We, we don't know. And God of War, right? God of War is what people are expecting. I still think it's going to be delayed until 2023, but it would be a great surprise if it did release in like October or November uh, of, uh, of the end of the year. And, and they would have basically pulled a Nintendo when uh, the Switch first came out, right? They launched it with mm-hmm. uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild, and they bookended it that year with Mario Odyssey. And it was, it was a great year for the platform. But Xbox, folks, is what we're here to talk about. And my God, um, the lineup that is uh, currently what we know, what was announced over the weekend, and some of the things we think may or may not be happening. Holy shit. I mean, they have really positioned themselves um, to dominate the conversation. And, I, and, and I'm not surprised by this. And I don't think anybody in the panel and anybody in the chat should be either because, um, you know, Microsoft, we've talked about this before, they are a very big ship. And it took a while for Phil to turn that ship around, uh, like any entity the size of Microsoft, specifically with Xbox. And, you know, 2021 started out a little slow. But it, it it was helped with a lot of the big indie titles that launched day and date into Xbox Game Pass, like The Ascent. People don't talk about The Ascent. The Ascent is one of my in my top ten. I absolutely loved that. Um, and there was um, there were so many other smaller the indie Artful titles. Escape. The that Artful store. Escape is yeah, dude. It's all those. It's it was just yeah. a great great way to experience Xbox. And and basically, uh, the end of the, the last six months just was banger after banger after banger. And now we're rolling into 2022, and we're going to get to it in a bit. But I, I want to open up with some uh, bittersweet news, uh, according to Aaron Lind of 343 Industries, or formerly of uh, 343 Industries. Uh, he uh, was... Uh, the uh, lead writer, uh, well, one of the what, what formerly lead uh, ND on Halo Infinite. Uh, he has left the company. Uh, he is now the senior narrative writer at Riot, R&D. Uh, and this is what he had to say on Twitter. Uh, Bitter news to report. I'm departing 343 Industries to pursue a new opportunity in 2022. It is terrifically difficult. Uh, it was a terrifically difficult uh, decision. Halo Infinite will remain one of my proudest achievements of my career for the rest of my life. I am so grateful to have been a part of it. And he continues. I want to thank my dear colleagues at 343 Industries for making the best game I've ever worked on. Our incredible voice cast for evaluating our work in every single line and delivery and our players for joining us on this wild ass journey. You made 2021 an incredibly special year for me. And he finishes it off with this. 
I feel squiddly uh, talking about real shit on this on this stupid website. So I'll leave it at that for now. But I can't underscore enough how grateful I am and always will be. See you in the next mission. Um, so, okay, so we, we, we got some opening uh, words from someone that has left the building. He, obviously, he was a big part of, um, you know, 343 uh, during the writing for Halo Infinite. And the big question now becomes, uh, with him leaving, and, you know, obviously that, that there, there would be a gap if we did not know that Joseph Staten had come back and has taken a lead position over at 343 Industries, uh, I want to get everyone's opinion because I am not surprised uh, by this move. Not but specifically, I never knew who he was until I read his tweet because 343 is, is a pretty big company. And, you know, I'm only one person. So uh, I'm I'm I, I, you know, I'm happy that he enjoyed his time writing the story that we got a chance to play in Halo Infinite. Again, if you folks didn't know, I gave it a 10 out of 10. I still believe that. And I'm going to stand on that rock and die there because they delivered in the biggest way possible with a ridiculous amount of pressure on them to, to actually pull it off. There was a huge subsection of the industry and this particular community that expected 343 to fail. There's no doubt about it. I never, I never thought that. I thought that, that they had some difficulties, sure, but there's no doubt that they delivered an incredible game. And I'll start first with Pong Soul. Pong, I want to go to you first on this because we were talking behind the scenes. Yeah. Uh, we are expecting that this is not going to be the last move yeah. uh, where people from 343 Industries move on to bigger and better things simply because, well, that's what happens normally once a big project is done. But... We cannot forget that this game, you know, led up uh, led up to the release with a lot of drama, a lot of, you know, of, of turmoil in the production of the game. And, you know, people that may or may not delivered, uh, you would expect that they are going to be, you know, move on to other things. Yeah. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, no, I mean, you kind of laid it out there, boom. Obviously, when you have a project as big as Halo Infinite has been over the years, you're going to have people moving in and out. And if you look at, at uh, specifically Aaron Lindy, since we're talking about him, um, if you look at his LinkedIn, you can see that he's he has been around the industry for a while. He has moved from place to place. He was at Bungie uh, from April 2019 to August 2019, working on Destiny 2 Shadowkeep. Then he moved into the lead narrative designer at 343, uh, into that role. Uh, him and his team were responsible for uh, the open world narrative uh, content in Halo Infinite. Um, they did all the, you know, the the um, audio logs, they did a lot of the uh, enemy uh, talk, the grunt talk, all that kind of stuff. Um, so that's what his team was specifically uh, involved in. So I don't think that this is anything but normal uh, contractual moving on. I think that he was signed for a specific purpose. Now that the game has launched, his purpose has been fulfilled. And it was time for him to move elsewhere. Uh, that's just kind of the whole deal. He was he's been at Gearbox before. He worked on the Battleborn game for Gearbox. Uh, he was at the Arena Net working on Guild Wars Two. Again, this is normal 
uh, movement for a team of this size. And like you said, boom, I don't think this is going to be the last one by any stretch of the imagination. Now that Halo Infinite has complete, you're going to see a lot of the people uh, that were there for specific purposes up until launch now move on and go find hopefully uh, new and better horizons uh, out there. And I think that's exactly what he is doing here. And obviously we know Riot Games is in a hiring uh, spree right now. Riot Games has been building big time. Uh, they are becoming a large, large player uh, in this industry. Uh, and so, you know, good for him. I- I'm yes. happy that he got to move on. What a way to start off 2022, something fresh, something new. Yeah. Uh, he is now a narrative writer three uh, R and D over at writer uh, Riot Games. So hopefully we'll be seeing more of his work, but Hey, mission accomplished. Uh, he did his job. He, he uh, led a team that did an awesome, awesome work uh, within Halo Infinite. Again, he was responsible for a lot of the open world narrative content. And I think we could all agree, any of us that have been playing through or completed the campaign already can say it's some of the best stuff out there. The grunt work, the grunt talking. Yeah. I could sit there and listen to it. It's like stand-up comedy. You, you just sit I mean, back and listen to those guys talk. So yeah, dude, that's yeah. That, you know that's a great point. Uh, yeah. I I was unaware that he was uh, that he him and his team was a part of that. And I can yeah. tell you this right now. I I look I every time I find one of these um, uh, propaganda towers, yeah. I stop and I listen because if you ever take the time, it's hilarious. Absolutely yeah. hilarious. Yeah. One of when someone posted, um, which I thought was brilliant. Um, and you hear one of the grunts say, Hey guys, I just want to let you know I found out Master Chief's real name, and it's John. John, John, are we actually afraid of a guy named John? Now that, <laughs> that's freaking brilliant. Yes. I mean, you know, I, I heard one talk about his uh, grunt talk about his girlfriend, he's got to get her a present. I mean, well, boy, what's going on here? Yeah, and you know what? It, hats off because. Um, the open world is one of the best aspects of Halo Infinite because it allows player choice. Right. Take on what you want to do. Uh, I, 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 before I, I mean, I, I spent hours, of, tens and tens of hours, just riding around trying to find the next group of Marines that needed my help, to find the next propaganda tower, to find the next log, to find the next, uh, you know, uh, a piece of armor for multiplayer. It was brilliantly done. Um, and uh, I, I'm, of course, going to be interested to see what he does next. But I, I think with Joseph Staten uh, being where being, you know, the, the lead, um, we're going to get some incredible content in, in, in the future for Halo Infinite. Yeah, for sure. I think that I think this is just par for the course. And I think with Joseph Staten, he's got the layout of exactly the roadmap of that. They're probably going to want to take this whole uh, you know, whole game in and different directions again we've talked about that before how many different narratives they can bring in that he's got that laid out right he's, yes. well, he's, he's the architect books, i would he's imagine the ar- so. yeah he's the architect right <laughs> so he's gonna bring in people to help him flesh it out and those people can come from a lot of different places depending on what type of narrative style they're going for so again this 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 aaron lindy he had a specific role he led a team that was you know something very um very focused uh, on a certain aspect of this game, but overall Halo Infinite is in the best hands possible in Joseph Staten. So no, no worries here. You know, look, looks great. So the future is bright for this uh, team as a whole. So I absolutely agree. I, 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 I don't think I could have agreed anymore. Uh, well said. Uh, let's, let's get, let's bring in Boxenberger. Boxenberger, you obviously work at a big company 
and you see people move around on a regular basis. Is any of this surprising to you? And are you happy that he's not without a job? Because listen, you know, I mean, obviously he leaves when you leave a job. It's always great to know that that person or persons, you know, team are not going to be sitting like, oh, man, what do we do now? So it's great to know that Riot Games hired him. He obviously has a significant amount of talent. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, it's not really not surprising. Pong hit the nail on the head. Um, happens all the time, especially in um, projects like a game development, um, which is it's a very closed project. Yeah, you start the game, you ship it, and um, you, you have to have contractors. A lot of contractors work on these games. Then you have, um, obviously, the staff, uh, the, the permanent staff. But, yeah, stuff happens. Can be for private reasons, can be for personal reasons can be for whatever uh, um, career opportunities um that is totally normal the turnover uh, in a in a company and uh, especially in in those uh, project focus um uh, companies is is normal so i'm i i wouldn't read anything into that um yeah like you said joseph took over um it is actually i, I the way i see it is it is an opportunity for joseph to now put in the narrative lead of his choice. Um, obviously, he's not going to write the next Halo himself, um, he, uh, but um, he, he will have a, a different lead writer, uh, and he gets to pick now who gets that position. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's a good opportunity to to make it uh, make, or make his mark on the, on the next game. And, yeah, um, normal stuff. Wouldn't read anything into it. Yeah, and I—I I mean, like, I—I we, we'll, we'll never know unless he writes a books. But the way he said, the way he sounded, he left on good terms. I mean, obviously, yeah, yeah. you know, it's—it sounds like he yeah. just did what he needed to do, got the team to the end of the uh, end of the line. They finished the race, and now, you know, obviously, there's there, there's going to be there are going to be big changes at three four three, especially if they, if, uh, especially a lot of the contracting work to get the game done. People are going to move on to do different things. And, uh, of course, we wish him only the best of luck. Mav, finish, finish this off for us, brother. Uh, again, are you surprised by the move? or, or do, and, and, more importantly, do you, do you expect more announcements? Well, so I'm just to be honest, I'd never heard of this guy until he left the studio, right? Yes. So yeah. as far as that goes, I mean, th- this kind of stuff was always used in the past to like, oh, trouble at 343. There's trouble at Rare. There's trouble at this studio. All this stuff. <laughs> And re- realistically, Pong's, I mean, Pong's right on this. People switch jobs and especially All the time. in yeah. the, in this industry, it happens very frequently. So um, it's not like he's moving off into some like crappy job either. I mean, this Riot Games is onto a lot of huge stuff, yes, right? They are. And uh, you talk about League of Legends and uh, they're working on arcane stuff on Netflix. They're, they're, they're doing um, our Valorant. I mean, they have some smash hit, smash hit games, right? So it's not like he's just going off and working for some podunk, you know, little game company because he was struggling to keep a job. Now uh, it's probably had a great opportunity, and uh, from what it seems like, he's going to be leading the uh, narrative on new creations uh, yes. for Riot Games. So that's a pretty pretty big opportunity. So congratulations to him yep. on that. Uh, as far as what it's going to mean for three four three, I think it's just going to mean that somebody else is going to take his role. But ultimately, Pong and Archimedes are right that it's it's ultimately Joe Staten's what what he 
says is going to go there. He's got the last check mark on anything that's put into that game, it seems like now. And um, that's what is going to shape Halo Infinite for the future. Now, if, we, if Joe Staten moves on, then we'll be having a different conversation about, okay, is the, what, how's the direction of 343 going to go? Yeah. You know what I mean? But And that may happen at some point, you know, because uh, he hasn't stayed in the same position himself for extremely long time either right even within microsoft he's moved around a little bit now so um we'll see we'll see how that plays out over time but i i think the worry about halo infinite has finally subsided right Uh, yeah yeah you know it's a great point Uh, you know i want to add to that i want to get your opinion on this you know what they did with halo infinite is lay the foundation for the next 10 years right we understand that it is a 10-year plan with halo we're not going to get a halo 6 or 7 what they're going to do is i believe it's going to just be halo infinite semicolon whatever the situation may be uh i don't know how big the next uh installment is going to be whether that's consider i mean are are they doing story content are they doing big open are we are we going to visit another halo ring are we going to meet the flood on a different planet i mean we, we, we will not we'll never know but they 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 are in a position where trust me it, it, it when they brought back Joseph Staten it wasn't because 343 couldn't deliver they just needed someone with an extreme uh uh, rep- uh I, I don't know recipe to, to to write good halo uh you know lore and he has he does that in his books um so he is he is in the position they they needed him to come back he did now it, it did he throw the entire 343 industries on his back I, I i don't know i honestly i i have no idea but you know it seems like when he returned things seemed to get better now yeah. that's because he he is a leader and when, how long he's going to be at 340 343 i i again i hope that he doesn't leave to be honest with you um Wait a second, folks. We got a surprise guest here welcoming his first episode, who we didn't expect him to be here, Mr. Joanna Dark. What's up, dude? <laughs> can you guys hear me? Yes, we yes, certainly sir. can. Welcome. Uh, hey, hey, happy new year to everyone. Hopefully, my new mic sounds okay. I don't sound hey. like I'm eating up the mic. <laughs> no, it no. sounds good, dude. But great. um, yeah, no, I think I, you know, I heard Halo and I was watching the show and I said, you know what? I think sometimes you just need a new perspective especially with infinite and kind of the way the story went and yes. they've been kind of putting the pieces. Um, I, I loved four and I think infinite kind of has a new direction and I'm excited. One of the things that I liked about three, four, three is that they're really going deep into that lore and kind of explaining yes. some of the things that many users may not want to just read a book. So I like where it's going and hopefully with the DLC, I would love to see another ODST with blue team and kind of give us a backstory. I think that's one of the things that was terrible about, halo 5 story is that they assumed many users knew who blue team was or, or cyrus um and even i at one point replaying i was like oh wow Locke is in halo 2 man i forgot who he who he was yeah um, so you know sometimes you need fresh perspectives and that's not a bad thing you know um that's a good thing because again if this is going to be a, a 10-year plan with halo you definitely want to get people that were either fans of him and kind of bring you kind of that fresh kind of uh mentality into where they want to take the story or even provide better context and better eyes so you know my hat's off and whatever um the writer um is you know i think sorry i forgot his name on top of my head oh joseph um, staten 
Not Joseph Staten. Oh, Aaron, Aaron Lind. Aaron yes. Lindy. Yeah. Um, and what he's going to do, you know, that's always great. Sometimes we do need that, you know, change of scenery. Um, but I'm excited. I mean, I guess I'll ask the panels we're on Halo, you know, do you think the first DLC would be something based on Locke or I'm hoping it is. I'm gonna be honest with you. Uh my 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 issue, I think Locke is a fantastic character and he has a significant amount of worth uh for a story to tell. The problem with Locke uh and Osiris specifically, because they they were thrown into it and you're right, people did you know they I think they might have assumed that everyone read read the books or watched the 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 live action halo with lock in it like i watched it and even even as as a fan of him from the show i felt like they didn't do his character enough ju- uh, justice we we didn't get to learn about him they and you know again not to bring up old wounds the marketing for halo 5 was extremely different to the actual yes. game that we got so you know i went in thinking we were getting this and we Hunt got something else Hunt yeah. the Truth got me so hyped, and then when I finally played Halo Five, I was like, "What is this?" I thought I was going to be hunting down. <laughs> I think that happened I, to everyone. <laughs> I, you know, something that has been pondering, kind of, as I think of the DLC. Right, we have all these characters that we don't know what's going to happen. I would love instead, as well, is for you know three four three to find a way to make different games under different genres that can shed the story on Halsey or Commander. You know, all these yep. different players. So you know, give me. Uh, a gears of war or tactic type game where I'm fighting parts of the war as it leads into the banish, and because not everything can translate into a first person shooter, um, yeah. into that formula. So, I would love to see some change of pace and what they do with Halo. You know, I'm still waiting for that survival horror Halo type game where you're just, yeah, kind of yeah. Like I, I, what I'm hoping for, and I think they know we want it, is an ODST2. Uh, or at least a story told, please. Uh, you know, g- g- give us a story told. Uh, and you said survival horror. It would be fantastic if it was like a dark uh, first person o- open world where the flood was involved. And you're, you know, you, you're you're down. You have a lim- limited amount of weapons and you have to find you have to fight your way through. It'd be pretty interesting. But I, I think we're going to get all of that uh, for sure. But I want to move on to something that happened over the weekend, folks. This completely came out of left field. Uh, talk about a way to start 2022. Over the weekend, uh, we had a tweet from the official Twitter account of State of Decay, uh, and they've been pretty quiet as of late, uh, and they said simply this, bringing big zombie energy to 2022. Now, with that information, like I said on the the new episode of X-Vlog, which I posted yesterday, uh, that does not guarantee that State of Decay 3 is coming out in this year. But it certainly does suggest it. And on that note, I got to bring into the conversation once again, someone that has, uh, you know, consistently dropped big pieces of news. Someone that I think you should follow if you are an Xbox fan. Clobriel has once again, uh, you know, dropped a massive bombshell regarding Undead Labs and their new support studio in Orlando, Florida. And here's what he had to say on his official Twitter account. It looks like Undead Labs is building a new support studio in Orlando, Florida. And this is the quote. Developing a new Microsoft studio under Undead Labs in Orlando, 
directing animation using Unreal Engine 5 for State of Decay 3 and fostering cross-studio animation technology in, uh, initiatives across Xbox Games Studio. Uh, that is pretty big. And I'll start first with Pong. Pong, look, uh, we know that they are, and I say they, Microsoft Game Studios has a few bangers in the in the chamber uh, mm-hmm. in the form of uh, Redfall, we're getting a new a Forza, Forza Motorsport, uh, you know, not, and we got Horizon last year. We're also getting Deathloop, which launched last year on the PlayStation 5 as a, you know, timed exclusive, but that is officially coming to the Xbox. And we also have the granddaddy of them all, God Howard's Dream, uh, known as Skyrim in Space. And of course, I'm talking about your favorite game, mm-hmm. uh, Starfield, or one potentially yeah. potentially will be your favorite game because obviously, yeah. when you say uh, words uh, together like um, you know uh, Elder Scrolls, and then you say space, and you know I'm in. Um, yep. And if and you know when you, when you sit back in the chair, right, and you say, well, this kind of we kind of saw this coming. Uh, Microsoft did in fact say that they wanted uh, one AAA game per quarter, and that kind of fits the bill. But it doesn't, it doesn't appear like that's all we're getting this year. Besides the second-party and third-party deals that are bringing games exclusively and, uh, and uh, first into Xbox Game Pass, I think we're going to get a couple of more first-party uh, bangers, and this might be one of them. What are, your, what, what, are you, what are your takeaways from the tweet? It's a little auspicious, don't you think? It is. Um, I think we definitely hear about it this year for sure. I definitely think we finally see something uh, this year as well, whether that be at E3 or maybe another show. Uh, but I think Undead Labs, it's due, right? And we see this in the industry where you know everybody's kind of different on how they ramp up when they're getting ready to talk about something. Um, so sometimes it's a surprise. Uh, sometimes we get, you know, hints here and there. And I think this is definitely a hint. And I think that we've been hearing more and more news about Undead Labs and what they got working on uh, with State of Decay 3. And, and you know, we're going to talk about it later too. the new studio that possibly, uh, you know, that they're working on to kind of uh, help the rest of the Microsoft teams get up to speed with Unreal Engine 5. All that kind of stuff kind of leads me to believe that we are definitely going to see State of Decay 3 in some form this year. Now, whether or not that's actual release, that's, that's I guess, what we're talking about here. And I don't think we get a release this year. Um, like you said, boom, second half of this year, once again for Xbox, is lining up to be stacked. Yes. And I don't, you know... <clears throat> When we talked about this, we've talked about so many times about how Microsoft has so many things in the works. Xbox has so many games in the pipeline that how are they going to make sure that they all get their spotlight, right? And I think that that's going to be the key going forward. And you talked about it just now, Boom, that they want one game per quarter. And, you know, Mav has done a full you know, uh, you know, a full uh, video on actually how many games they have. And that actually might be more like one every two months, maybe even some years, one every month, uh, which is ridiculous to think about. But I think with this year specifically, you know, 
we're going to rely early on in the year, unless there's a big surprise announcements, which there always could be. I think we're going to rely on third parties again to kind of carry the early part of the year. And then the second half of the year is going to be gigantic. Um, but for specifically for state to K three, I could see an E three showcase. Um, you know, they're going to have a lot at E three. Uh, but I think that stated the K3 could be one of their headliners along with like yeah. Starfield. You know, the Starfield is going to be massive at E3. We already know that. So I think that from Xbox Game Studios outside of ZeniMax, outside of Bethesda, I think that stated the K3 could have a big presence at E3. And I think that we're going to start seeing this build up slowly as we get towards the summertime of some news coming out of undead labs about state of decay three. Um, and I would not be shocked, uh, you know, if that's how this kind of this, this time, uh, this time flow goes, uh, leading up to that. So, uh, I'm excited. Uh, you know, for me, state of decay two, I was, you know, I was heavy in the PlayStation four when state of decay two launched. So I got into state of decay two later, um, when I hopped back into Xbox, but the changes that I've seen state of decay two is such a different game now than it was. Oh yeah. What undead labs has done to continue to support that game. Um, and I think they, you know, announced, I think it was, uh, you know, it's fall last year when they announced that they had surpassed 10 million, um, uh, 10 million uh, players on State of Decay 2. It's a credit to what that team is doing. So I expect huge things from State of Decay 3. Uh, I can guarantee you that team, if they are moving to Unreal Engine 5, right? That we know this game has been in, in production for a while, but if they are moving to Unreal Engine 5, uh, as the news kind of sounds, I have huge expectations for this because I think that team wants to put its stamp uh, on Xbox game studios. They're kind of the forgotten studio, right? There's a couple forgotten studios with all the news, with everything going on that game, because of state of decay Two, how it came out originally. Um, a lot of people did not see it progress. Maybe some people jumped back in later on and said, wow, look at all the work they did. But I think they learned a ton from state of decay Two and how to make a game. And I think that their original vision for Stated K was a lot bigger. And I think this is finally their time. They now have the resources. Xbox is obviously giving all their studios all the time they need. So yeah. I think that's why I think this year is a little too early for a full release. I think Undead Labs is going to make sure that this State of Decay 3 is more in line with their original vision of this gigantic open world, um, you know, with drop in, drop out, multiplayer capabilities, a lot more expansive story. Um, I think that that's what we're going to see. And I think that 2023 is much a much more realistic kind of release uh, that would date. put it on par for five years in development. Yes, they started right after. Because uh, remember, uh, May eighteenth of twenty eighteen yep. is when Save the K two launched. Yep. Uh, then obviously in June, which was only a month yep. later, they were announced as uh, as being acquired by Microsoft, and they supported the game with numerous uh, yep. iterations, making the game what it is today. And it, it is fantastic. Yes. Um, scary as hell to play, but fantastic. <laughs> it's not though, because you know me, I can't play horror games, right? So you know, but boom, it's, it's, it's done well enough where I can play it and I'm not 
I'm not scared, right? I'm not I'm not freaked out like Zemi. You know, uh, shout out to Zemi. I'm scared. Okay, so let, let, me, let me rephrase it because I'm, I'm not afraid, but you're always afraid to die. Yes, you don't want to lose. Permadeath. Yes, yes, you don't uh, want to lose your team. And if you're out there and, you know, you got to, you know, you, you, you're carrying big loads of stuff like, you know, medical supplies and food and stuff, you don't want to have one of those those things pounce on you and tear you to shreds and you're like, oh, shit. Yeah, that was my favorite character. Damn it. Yep, exactly. Um, it does sing. It does sing. But that's part of that's part of that's part of the adrenaline rush as well, right? Yes. When you play survival type games, it's part of the adrenaline rush. And I thought they did a fantastic job uh, with making you care about losing one of your family, your, yes. your your team that you brought in and that you're building a base with and that you're moving around with. You, they actually did make you kind of care about a lot of them. And so I, I feel you there, boom. I think they take that to the next level with State yeah. of Decay 3.3, State of Decay 3. And I hope they also give us you know, again, a bigger narrative. I, I really hope that we have a single player experience as well as a survival. Uh, you know, aspect. I'm I'm gonna yep. come back around to that yep. because I, I have yep. I have a question for the entire panel. But before okay. we bring in Boxenberger and Mav, we only have Mr. Joanna Dark until one because that's when he has his meeting. So I want to get his opinion on him, get him in, get him out, and he'll be back next week for his full uh podcast uh debut. Mr. Joanna Dark, are you there, sir? Yeah, I'm here. I was um I think Pond made some some good points on State of the K3. Uh, yeah. One of the things that we want to remember is that the original team had four classes they wanted to make the game in four phases. And class four was supposed to be originally kind of a massive multiplayer online role-playing game. And that kind of shifted over as the success of State of the K1. So looking at this title, I think we've kind of talked this in DMs and everything. I would love a strong single player narrative. Uh that takes elements of what we saw in a game like Days Gone, but still keeping what makes State of Decay, you know, unique. And maybe find a way to kind of improve the matchmaking and make it kind of drop-in, drop-out co-op in a living world. Um, I, I want to feel that what I felt with the first one, that kind of, hey, do I really want to go and attack these zombies? Kind of like kind of like what you get in Dying Light, where you're kind of saying, do I do this or do I go around and scavenge? Um, I think with the time that they're being given and now that they have this backing, I think they, they're going to do a, a phenomenal game. Uh, they'll be able to make their original vision for, for, for what they wanted to do with State of Decay. And with the fact that there's so many games launching um, from the first party studios, I think it's great overall because what that does is that you're not rushing any team to just put out content. You're using your partners. And then at the same time, you're giving these teams to bring out these amazing games that we're going to get. Um, personally with this support studio, do I see a 2023 release? Uh, possibly, but I think more of a 2024. Um, I think one question I want to ask the panel is, do you think Undead Lab should use State of Decay 2 as a vehicle to test out some of the things they might have that they want to implement to the game, um, and use it kind of as a vehicle to kind of transition you into what you, you know, State of Decay 3 they they certainly could uh if, if the game is going to come out in 2020 see, that's see, the, the beauty of xbox game studios currently right now is they have 23 studios that we know of i think that there are more have been attached those those announcements are coming we're going to get into that as well um and if you listen to primetime gaming last night we're all I, I think the consensus of the panel from last night which by the way crazy lou gaming completely knocked it out of the park he's in the chat this is a gentleman that is uh, on the 12th uh, launching uh, their very own uh, Xbox International 
uh, which I think you should follow him. You should follow Mr. Joanna Dark. These are folks that are going to be a part of this uh, new show launching on the 12th of January. And uh, it was great to work with him. Uh, it was, he was, you know, fun. If you see him on, on, on the socials, he's, it looks like he's fun and he delivered. He was funny last night. Great to work with him. Uh, but the, the, the position at Microsoft game studios or Xbox game studios finds themselves in is probably the best of the big three. And I say that because they currently have 23 studios and Pong said something uh, very important to the conversation uh, with 36 teams is what we know of. Uh, they are, they, none of the teams are in a rush to get a game done because they have so many games already coming close to being released this year. Next year is going to be, man, an assault of games. Um, but I think, I do think you're onto something. They could, in fact, uh, w- with the, w- you know, with State of Decay 2, which is currently being played by millions of players and quite, and quite enjoyed by millions of players, they could implement some things that they want to potentially try out for three and use that uh, audience as a test uh, test base for some new ideas for the next game. That's that's uh, well put, uh, Mr. Joanna Dark. Yeah, no, I, I think, you know, part two kind of came out and it didn't capture me personally, but I know with the recent updates that they've done, the lighting and everything, it's, a, it's like a night and day game. Um, I think they have to kind of, hone in on that whole survival type of not horror per se but kind of the aspects of the enemies to me the art style was a little bit different yes uh, more cartoony yeah um and i guess besides that change some of their art style i mean i would love to see a game if they could take elements from days gone with the horde mode where you're kind of planning with your team to maybe go in and get some supplies and then kind of scout out and be able to put traps and kind of use the environment to, to your like, you know, to overall interact with it, I think that would also be another great thing uh, in State of Decay to kind of use those environments to to capture zombies or stop, you know, when you're going to play carts and you're being overrun by them, being able to use those environments to kind of overall kind of stop Yeah, dr- you know, drop a tree on a horde. You know what I'm saying? Like set dynamite by a bunch of trees and, and, and make a blockade. Yes, things of that nature. I, I would, with Unreal Engine, I think it's possible, especially, we you know, we're only now seeing the power of unreal engine five. And I think that, you know, remember I, I did I, up until just the other day, I had no idea that, that it was going to be unreal engine five. I thought it was just going to be unreal engine four. And here we are talking about it today. And, and it is, uh, uh, you know, UE five, which is, which is great. And I, I, I can't wait to see what they bring to the table before I bring in uh Boxenberger, I do have to catch up some of the super chats. We have quite a few of them. The first one of the year for this show comes to us from our good friend Gerald Mack. He drops an outstanding five dollar super chat, but it's what he says that warms my heart. Happy New Year to the hardest working man and content creators, Mr. Boomstick and the esteemed panel. Salute. Well, thank you for the very kind words, and of course, your generosity and the support that you bring. Pragmatic Eagle. Uh, it drops an outstanding $5 Super Chat, good friend of the show. He says, hope everyone had a peaceful and enjoyable holiday with family and friends. Here's to greater things in 2022. Hashtag Gamers United indeed, brother. Thank you so much for that. Chris R. drops an outstanding $5 Super Chat and says, might be reading too much into it, 
but it seems like Phil Spencer has less public facing lately. Is his retirement sooner than we might expect? No, I, I, you know what? I just think that he took a bit of a backseat during the holidays, kind of recharged the batteries. Um, and you know, look, uh, he's, he, I think Phil's got, I don't know, three, three to five years in him, uh, before he, he, you know, he, he retires mm-hmm. And he's been, he, I mean, the guy's a lifer at Microsoft. He's been there for a very, very, very long time. It is because of his guidance and his vision and his leadership that Microsoft is in the position that they are currently in. Uh, are they winning? Yeah, they're winning. Have they taken over as market leader? No, not yet. Uh, but do I believe that is going to happen under his watchful eye? A hundred percent. Uh, and that's not being a fanboy. That's just being just look what they're doing. Everyone is every everyone is behind Microsoft in one way or another. Microsoft is leading in many ways and they're leading the conversation, which is how you win market share. And that's how you become the market leader. And they are slowly but surely uh, ro- ramping up to that. And uh, last, uh, at least in front of me, what I can see, Lady Foxfire, good and generous friend of not only this show, but the entire community. Darling, thank you for being here. She says this. Hi, everyone. Happy New Year. Boom. Panel and chat. Looking forward to all of the new game gamers and announcements. Hit that like button. Thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah, because that's one thing I never ask. I always get scolded by, you know, the likes of uh, Colt Eastwood and, and, and Cog and uh, other brothers that I work with. They say, you never ask for that people to hit the like button. I always forget. I, I, I'm just having so much fun doing this. that I just forget. But, Boxenberger, you and I have been on the same page for many, many months when it comes to certain teams working on certain games for a certain amount of time. And I understand that State of Decay 3 is going to be Unreal Engine 5, but I kind of think that they're yeah. a little further along than some people may be giving them credit for. You know, obviously Pong thinks uh, early 23, and that's that's that seems about right. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. You know, you drop this message in there, you know, bringing, you know, zombie you know uh antics into 2022 it kind of sounds like a declaration but maybe i'm looking too much into it what are your thoughts <laughs> i had similar thoughts i had similar thoughts obviously unreal engine 5 is a given i think every um xbox game uh, that uses unreal going forward will use unreal 5 um the engine is uh, due to in uh i think next month um it's it's the official release um and Unreal 5 is very special because it is compatible to Unreal 4, which is, is new. easy transfer. Tr- mo- yeah. Moving it over is supposedly extremely exactly. easy. I'm not a developer. I, I'm, a, I'm a boob, so I, I couldn't yeah, tell I mean, you if that's true or not. Just one example for <laughs> when they moved from 3 to 4, they used a different script language. So all your scripts you had in 3 didn't work in 4, so it was kind of hard to transition everything over. And, and similar things ha- were for, for assets and stuff like that. So this is, is not the case anymore. I think that's why we can assume that every game re- going forward will come out on the Unreal Engine 5. Not every game will take full advantage of all that Unreal has to offer, but um, moving almost from, from 4 to 5 is, is, for me, a given. About State of Decay 3. Um, last week, I dropped my video Xbox in 2022, and I had State of Decay 3 in there because I've seen a lot of rumors circling around in forums and on Twitter and uh, people speculating about it. Um, I mean, yeah, in 22, they had 
like four years to develop that game, which is kind of long, especially given that these were the entire four years, almost the entire four years, um, they were already a part of Xbox. Yeah, so that's definitely one thing. Four years sounds long. Obviously, you have to take out one year for, for COVID, the COVID thing. So that's three years. Is it coming out this year? I don't know. I said it's a maybe because in my video because, well, I, my original thought was 23. But then when you think about it, what is coming out in 23? There is so much coming it's out in 20. Bonkers, dude. It's insane. It's really insane. <laughs> and I don't know if they want to. There's too many games. New hashtags. <laughs> 23 is going to be nuts. Um, and and so you they, they have to, to make this plan now um, because they cannot squeeze everything into 2023. Yeah. Um, so they have to, to move it either out to 24 or beyond. Which then is kind of long, yeah, like six, seven years development cycle for well, a State I mean, look, of Decay well, next 3. year, if if you if you if you were to add uh, State of Decay three to the conversation, yeah. what are we talking about in twenty twenty three? We're talking about Avowed, Fable, probably Fable, uh, Hellblade, Hellblade 2, Perfect Dark, Perfect. I, I mean, <laughs> that's just probably ridiculous. the next it tech game we have. Yeah, so it's. Um, it's it's a it's a lot. Um, uh, we have also the compulsion game, which is either this year, or next year. I think somewhere. it's this year. I think that's one of the surprises. But when it, yeah, yeah. But uh, you see, definitely next year we have we have a lot. Um, and so yeah, where where do you put uh, State of Decay three there? Obviously, you can't put it out when it's not ready. Uh, but on the other hand, you don't can, cannot. I, for me, it's kind of hard to think about it as a six, seven year development uh, cycle for that game. Yeah. Um, usually what we have seen is that games from smaller teams don't have these long development times. Yeah. You can look across the entire industry. Uh, if, if teams are smaller, they don't take that long to make a game. Um, and Undead Labs is a smaller team. So, yeah, where do we fall here? I don't know. I said a maybe. It could also be a very early 23 title. Um, um, but, yeah, we, we shall see. The other news uh, part of this uh, really got me excited is the is the animation studio, the support yes. studio that they founded. The, the funny thing is when I read that uh, tweet from Klobrille um, is that I remembered immediately a big interview that was like, I don't know, three years ago or so with Matt Booty when he just became head of Xbox and they went on that acquisition spree. Um, and then Matt Booty spoke to, to um, I think it was Larry Herb who interviewed him um, and, and said, yeah, he went to every studio head um, from every studio that they acquired and asked him, what is the one thing that he or she wants for their studio? And the and then he took out the example of Undead Labs, and Undead Labs said to him that they want to become the world leader in animation. They want to have the top-tier animation team. And when I read, okay, they're building a, a support <laughs> studio, I, that I immediately thought of, of this interview because I thought this was really cool. Um, and for them, putting this now, um, not just as a, yeah, here you have a, a, a bit of money, hire some talented people for Undead Labs, but make a dedicated studio that is 
truly committed to to deliver top tier animation quality that all the other Xbox studios will also benefit from. That that really got me excited. I, I love the idea. Make support studios that focus on special thing on audio design, on animation, whatever, and then um, give one of the st- uh, the main studios the lead. Uh, in this case, obviously, Undead Labs, and but all the other studios can participate, can benefit from the the findings and and experience of that studio, and that is is a really good thing. I think this also shows you that. With State of Decay 3, we can actually expect a AAA title. Um, yep. I don't think um, State of Decay 1 and 2 were considered that. I mean, State of Decay 1 was made with a bunch I mean, of... That was, uh, State 000. of Decay 1 was an arcade title, for crying yes. out loud. You know and what it, I'm saying? It was it's made by, with a funding, um, uh, a budget of $100,000. <laughs> this is literally nothing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but look, the game turned out great for, for what it was. Um, and I th- still think um, State of Decay 2 is an super underrated gem that game is just amazing um what they've done with it over the course of the years the improvements are fantastic but i also was super addicted to it when it came out uh i put put almost 60 hours into state of decay 2 yeah i i I loved it i I would have to check but uh it's it's probably a bit more for me because i stayed up a long night for that game (laughs) um there's just something addictive to this to this loop but I'm kind of with um, Mr. Dark here. Um, I would have loved a little bit more focused, streamlined um, single-player experience. Yeah, we're going to get into that. Yeah, in we're, we're, we're going to bring that back around because I, I, yeah. I do have a question uh, that I've seen is, is, is currently you know going on in the chat right now. I think it's important uh, to this particular conversation. So we'll come back around to that. I just want to bring in Mav real quick, and I'm going to yeah, throw a sure. general question. Mav. What I mean, what do you, what are your thoughts, brother? I mean, they, they go and they, they again start the year off with this tweet, you know, and, and I don't want to misquote it, so let me just let me bring, let me read it exactly. Bringing big zombie energy to twenty twenty two. What what that what does that mean for you? I think it means they're always bringing big zombie energy at <laughs> at Undead Labs. Yeah. You know, I think one thing about Undead is they've consistently had support for their games which is another staple at microsoft yes um the games that they've been coming out with these big franchises which when they acquired undead labs was part of um building this franchise right so they've done that with support and i think you could look at state of decay and look at that game and see how they may have implemented things that they've learned with state of decay into other franchises that they're building where they launch it they improve it over time. They continue the support. And we see what State of Decay 2 is now today compared to what it launched like. It's a completely different game, right? It is an amazing experience now. It, it launched with a lot of issues, just like the first one. So when we talk about release dates, I don't want to put too much stock into that thinking this year. And the other thing is, I don't think we need to really be too concerned about Xbox having too many games because that's always going to be a problem going forward. Uh, yeah. Right. Great problem 20, to have. True that. That's real. Good point. 2024, 2025, 2026, the problem's only going to get worse. So it's not really yeah. a problem. With Game Pass, you take away that competing for each other phase where now you're actually enticing yes. everybody into one purchase. That one yes. purchase is increasing its value with every property they bring into the fold as opposed to, hey, I got to make a decision. Am I going to buy this game or am I going to buy that game? 
No, you're looking at it as like you get all these games, right? So that's the game, and that's when we did the video that Pong referred to. That's how you're going to get those massive amount of subscribers because you're going to have to have something for everybody, right? And I think Undead Labs is great point. Making this franchise and building it into something bigger than we've ever seen before, which goes into Mr. Joanna Dark's point about what their original vision was. And the original vision was to be that end-all, be-all zombie survival game, right? It's to be this big multiplayer zombie thing where we get to live out the fantasy of living in a post-apocalyptic world and building a community with friends, right? And they've achieved it to a certain point with State of Decay, but based on the history that we have with Undead Labs and how this how the games launched with State of Decay 1 and State of Decay 2, with where I think they need to go for State of Decay 3 to live up to what we all hope for, I think it does take at least that five years, okay? okay. So that would mean summer of 2023. The other thing is you look at the original release date of State of Decay 1 was 2013. State of Decay 2 was 2018. That's a five-year cycle. Five-year deal, yeah. So indeed. if you go into State of Decay 3, I would think it could potentially even take longer. You got to factor in COVID has been in the mix in the in the middle of development of this game, right? As well as you're also implementing new engine, new tech. You're growing the studio. Since then, they've been acquired and have been in a growing phase. Now they're adding another support studio. All of these things take time, and it builds into something much larger than we've ever seen for that franchise. So I, 2023 is, my opinion, what we would think of for a release date. Because I think if it comes out any sooner than that, it's not going to be necessarily what I think they want to build, right? And I, I, I want them to take as much time as they need to build what their dream is. And I think that's why Xbox acquired them, is to make that dream come to fruition. No, that's, so that's, I, think, I think we'll see it. I, I think you're on to something. And, I, and of course, not, not, now here comes the question. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm not going to go from person to person. Just, you know, jump in, give your opinion, and we'll move on to topic number three. This is, for, of course, for uh, the chat as well. Look, one of the things uh, that I uh, quite enjoyed about Days Gone by Ben Studios was the fact that it was an open, uh, open world, single player, story driven title. Uh, now, I've said this on, on the X-Vlog that I posted yesterday. For me, it was a little too open for its own good. The game was very, very big. It was a very ambitious game, uh, and it didn't hit on all cylinders. Uh, so now, wh wh where does where, where does State of Decay 3 come into the conversation? Well, for me, uh, I don't mind... Uh, the uh, you know the open world aspect uh, and the the multiplayer aspect of of uh, of the franchise. I think that is where its roots are. But after seeing the reveal trailer with the African American female, who I thought looked incredibly interesting and fierce, I want to play as her. I want to know her story. I want to know what's going on with her. You know what I'm saying? And um, I walked away from that saying, well, what are they showing us? Are we going to be playing her story? Which is what I kind of hope that they do. Because, listen, uh, one of the things that you get with Xbox games that they are inf infamous for is you get games with both sides of the coin. You get a strong 
multiplayer, which is what Microsoft and Xbox are known for. And we know that they want to deliver strong, single-player, story-driven titles. We've all been asking for that. I've been asking for that. Cognito has been asking that from the Iron Lords. Hashtag just one. And I would love to be able to play as this woman that we saw braving the world that of uh, the braving the world of state of decay. And I think that again, no one is suggesting that they need to be a Ben studios, but I, I personally think I would love to see uh, a single player uh, campaign in the form, whether it be massive or not. Uh, so by all Boom. means, anyone jump in. Boom. Yes, sir. Um, I think they kind of did that a little bit with state of decay. And I, I think you, you're onto something. I would love a tight narrative story that starts with one group. And similar to what you saw in State of Decay 2, where they gave you two deals, story-driven narratives from yes. two different perspectives. Yep. Maybe you take the route of what maybe Halo Infinite or maybe Sea of Thieves and give you story content that from start to finish and then drop in as you continue to expand the lore and the world of State of Decay 3 stories from different people. And it kind of like, you know, again, I may be asking too much, kind of like, the Walking Dead, where you have three different Walking Deads, you yes. eventually have a storyline that brings these characters into a narrative eventually down the road. Um, and you can kind of give these small little stories within the State of Decay world um, while you still play multiplayer and find ways to kind of weave this into the story, into the open world aspect of kind of giving you bits of, you know, when the next drop is coming. Again, this is just me fantasizing as a fan of how I would love to see something like State of Decay. I think there's great stories that you can tell um, and provide um, within that world that are hopefully are at the level of what we hope comes out at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody else want to jump in here? Um, oh, I just I'll, really want to, yeah, to quickly add. Um, Mr. Dark hit the nail on the head. And the thing is, it, it will be difficult to mix that open world survival formula with a story narrative driven kind of experience um but uh yeah they don't sh hopefully they don't shy, shy away from that challenge uh, but i would definitely love to to have a a campaign uh, something narrative driven yes. to bring me into the game and then actually get to and get uh, familiar with all the mechanics and everything and then get thrown in the survival multiplayer mode um yeah Good point. I, th I think I think they achieve this with some MMOs and stuff and how they do story elements, right? With like especially yeah. with, with like JRPG, like Final Fantasy, and and yeah. games like that, where they find a way to bring in an overarching story element that has its cutscenes and has moments and stuff like that. So that would be for me the way they would implement it, as opposed to just having a, a more of a focused on one character aspect. Yeah. Because if I'm, State of Decay has been defined so much as something that people have certain expectations for now right yep. uh being able to hop between the different characters and you're managing all these uh different things and and and, and if you take away and, yeah that then it it changes the essence of what they've been trying to create all along yeah. as well so i i don't know if it can live in both worlds but if they implement it in the other <laughs> kind of way which that cutscene to me looks something similar to that it's like setting up a story right yes not i agree not necessarily having to play only as that character, but it's setting up a story in an environment in a setting for us to uh, have an interest in. And I think that like, implementing things like that are going to make the game more engaging, right? Uh, and more um, focused without have, losing the overall arcing 
aspects of what the gameplay design is. You know what I mean? I mean, Pong, we'll, we'll come to you in a second and we'll move on to topic number three. I, I just want to add to the fact that, look, I, I, I see there are people in the chat that don't want this, this change. Ch- change is not a bad thing, folks. No, no one wants State of Decay to lose its identity. No one's even suggesting mm-hmm. that at all. But I think that it behooves uh, the undead labs to tell a story within this world i i think we all want to try and we're all going to play the game whether it be by yourself or with friends and you're going to build your community and you're going to continue to live on and you're going to battle the the zombie hordes and you're going to battle the big ones that throw up on you and have a great time doing it but i honestly believe that the franchise is too good to simply just say, okay, well, it's an open world survival game and go at it with Unreal Engine 5. I, I think it would be, in my opinion, a missed opportunity to build on what they have. Pong, what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I think it could live in both worlds. Um, I don't think that there's an issue with creating a single player mode. Uh, outside of the MMO style for those that want to enjoy. What about a whole mode where your your goal is as a single player to survive for as long as possible? It's not just about building a, you know, finding a new home, building a community. You could have a whole narrative around a lone survival survivor out there in the wilderness, out there in the wild, trying to get, you know, somewhere. You know, whether it is to a, let's say, a main base where survivors are gathering, whatever the case may be, but your trip there could be the actual narrative. So I think you could create a whole mode where it's just a single player survival type situation where you are out there against all odds trying to make it to someplace safe. And I think that that, uh, again, would be possible. Now, whether or not that's what Undead Labs wants to do, we'll find out, you know, if, if that trailer was a hint to something like that fantastic maybe like Mav said it was just to set up kind of the the world or kind of the experience that we can expect you know whatever the case may be we're going to find out soon enough uh it's going to come we have so many games it's not like we're going to be sitting around pacing uh wondering what we're going to play until state of decay 3 comes out so i think that eventually we will get this that's why i think a reveal this year giving us a better idea of what they're going for is so important Mm -hmm. and i think that that's why we are going to see it this year but again for me personally i'd love to see a separate mode individual against everything trying to make it somewhere you know with a story to go along with it i think it would be fantastic it would be a great addition to what they've already built and what they're building out even further uh or at least what we think they're going to build out even further from state of decay 2 um i think it would be fantastic either way but i think we're going to get a better picture come this year i think we really are yeah i absolutely agree well listen before we move on to the big topic of the day we're going to be talking about microsoft's first party for 2022 and what surprises on top of what we know are coming and how big of a year this actually could be for xbox game studios i gotta thank drawn tj for the outstanding ten dollars super chat and says this microsoft can release 10 big bangers a year as long as they market it enough because first party games never leave game pass so people don't have to worry 
uh, about uh, enough time to play the game. That's that's pretty interesting. That, that, and and you know what? I think that every time they do release a big AAA bomb, they should push the uh, the narrative that hey, everyone, it's in Xbox Game Pass day and date, and get more people to sub the uh, the the service. Uh, Mr. Joanna Dark on his way out uh, drops an outstanding and very generous five dollars super chat and says, "Gentlemen, it was a pleasure, and I and and happy I could hop on for a few to chat with you guys on the show. See you next week." indeed you certainly will and thank you for the generosity but i i want to start i want to bring in uh to this conversation how important last year was for the momentum that microsoft seems to be coming into this year with um look we talked about it briefly they have death loop they have Redfall, which I think Deathloop is already a winner, right? It, it was in many game of the year conversations for a lot, so that's coming, right? That was a that was a timed exclusive for PS5, and now the sequel will be, you know, uh, you know, exclusive to Xbox, and it will get a sequel. There's no doubt about it. That's coming, and I I play I bought it for the PlayStation Five. I briefly played it, maybe maybe five or six hours, but I will sink my teeth into it on Xbox because that's where I enjoy gaming. Uh, and of course, Redfall looks like it's going to be a winner. Uh, and of course, you have Forza Motorsport, not officially announced, but we know that they've talked about it. And the next iteration will be coming out this year at some point. And of course, the granddaddy of them all, uh, which is which I think is going to be uh, one of the big, really, really big ones, specifically for Todd Howard and his team. This is a, a dream game come true in Starfield. But I have a feeling that those four are not the only ones. I thought Stave the K3 was one of them for sure. We just got a confirmation from Special Nick over at uh, our good friends at Xbox Era that GoldenEye, a GoldenEye remake, the N64 GoldenEye is coming exclusively to the Xbox. I think it actually might be coming on to the Nintendo Switch at some point, but I know that it's not coming to the PlayStation 4 or 5. That's why I say exclusive to Xbox. Um and that's a big, that's a big get, uh, but I, I want to go to uh, Boxenberger first on this uh, one title that no one seems to be talking about. That you and I again on the same page, Wolfenstein Three. That Wolfenstein. Has to be Wolfenstein. I, I listen. I'm never going to get it right. Wolf. <laughs> Wolfenstein. I'm never going to get it right. But I am going to say this. I think that the third iteration has to be coming out this year it is it's yeah. been development i think you even you, you clocked it at five years in active yeah. development and uh, that's just one of them um the the game from um we happy few uh my god why am i watching will compulsion games folks i'm excited for this because i know nothing about it but what i do know that Phil Spencer, when asked specifically last year during an interview, what is the one game that we haven't seen that he's most excited for? He obviously, one of the games, he said, can I pick two in this in this interview? One of which was, was uh, Perfect Dark. But he didn't say Perfect Dark first. He actually said uh, Compulsions, Compulsions games. And yeah. that game was supposed to be a mix of Uncharted meets uh, Bioshock. Yes, sign me up, please. Uh, how many surprises are you expecting Microsoft, big or small? Because there could be some small yeah. ones in there. Um, do you think that all we're getting are the four that we know? Or do you think they're going to deliver some big, big surprises this year? Well, I mean, um, yeah, obviously there are going to be uh, surprises. Um, 
Let me touch on the two you already mentioned before I get, go into another one. Uh, Wolfenstein 3, um, yeah, the game um, is more or less due because we know that they are already working on the next game after Wolfenstein, um, and that is uh, obviously the Indiana Jones game, which is in uh, early production, but um, it started earlier in 2021. I think it was in February or March when we got the... Um, official confirmation that that game went into full production. So, yeah, uh, the team had to, at Machine Games, they had to do something uh, over the course of the last five years. They have not been sitting around doing nothing for five years. So um, I think, um, obviously, that's Wolfenstein 3, and they want to bring that trilogy, trilogy to an end so that they can move over the full studio to the Indiana Jones game. Um yeah, it Wolfenstein 2 came out in October 2017. So yeah, that would have been five years this year. I think that's a fair time, given uh, the team enough time um, to move over to It Takes 7. Uh, the last one still ran on It Takes 6. Doom Eternal was the first one, first game that ran on the It Takes 7 engine. Um, I think the game will, Wolfenstein 3 will also run on that uh, engine and I think it is due this year. We also know that Bethesda usually announces their game relatively close to launch. Um, I think Starfield is, is really the exception that proves the rule. I can't remember a Bethesda game that was announced this early. Um, usually they are just announcing the game and a couple of months later it comes out. So Wolfenstein 3, yeah. good chance. Um, then the compulsion game. Uh, you mentioned um, Jess Corden from Windows Central leaked um, that game, the project name was um, Project Codename Midnight. Um, it's apparently a game that is set in a fantastical, dark, fantastical world. Um, so uh, no mention of that Bioshock meets Uncharted, uh, from uh, which we all heard over, over the years. Um, but um, yeah, apparently it's a dark, fantastical game. I also take that. Compulsion had six years. Yeah, We Happy Few came out in 2016. That's yes. six years. And again, yeah. that team also didn't sit around doing nothing for six years. So sometimes when I read, I, I posted something like that on Twitter and someone commented, yeah, but that game is in pre-production, early production. I said, dude, what have they been doing for the last six years? Yeah. So obviously, um, that game actually, Chess also said, it's apparently relatively far along. So why not? Um, 26, uh, 2022 release, um, six years of development time, um, four years of those within the Xbox studios. Sounds realistic to me. Um, well, then we have a couple of other um, things. I've seen someone talk about the In Exile game. Um, yeah, I've heard year. that as well. Yes. I think that's too early. Um, I, agree. I definitely think that is too early. Um, Obsidian said that they want to release a game every year. That's their big plan. Not every game will be a big AAA full production title like Avowed or Outer Worlds. Um, but yeah, if they want to fulfill that, we need an Obsidian game this year. Avowed? Well, given the, the, the time they have been working on that game, I think it wouldn't be unrealistic because um, that is also at least for good four years in development, probably a little bit longer because 
about was the reason that Microsoft bought Obsidian in 2018. So at in 2018, they had something to show Microsoft, to pitch to Microsoft. And they didn't yeah. just show two PowerPoint slides. They obviously <laughs> had a pre-production build or whatever. Yeah. So I say at least four, four and a half years in development now um, could launch potentially. That's a, that's a good timeline. However, at the end of this year, we get Starfield, another big RPG, and I don't think they want to bet another big RPG against the other big RPG. Um, so I don't think Avowed is coming out this year. Um, so what do they have left? We have recently heard that they have a smaller game in development. I can't recall the, pro, uh, the, the code name, but um, that's apparently a, a passion project from a very small team. Um, that is something that I could see released this year, uh, maybe along with a full release of Grounded. Although I think that game will just be what it is, which is uh, not, nothing against it. I'm just saying it still hasn't officially uh, released. And um, yeah, we, we shall see. Um, then, well, Fable, Hellblade, not this year. I don't think no, so. Um, I don't think so either. I think you mentioned uh, Forza Motorsport. Um the other thing uh, that I want, uh, and the last thing I want to mention, I could <laughs> mention a couple of things, but is Contraband. Um, technically not a first-party game, I know. However, it's um, a uh, publishing deal from the um, publishing arm of Microsoft. It's exclusive to, uh, to the Xbox ecosystem from Avalanche. And um, the thing is... When they announced that in 2021, in the summer in 2021 at E3, the game was announced, they officially said on their website that they have partnered with Microsoft more than three years ago uh, to develop that game. Again, that means that they partnered in 2018. Yeah. In 2018, they must have had something of that game, an early prototype, an idea to pitch that to Microsoft. So the game is at least... It was in 21, at least three, three and a half to four years in development that makes something like four and a half to five years in 2022. So that is definitely for me a, um, a possibility to come out this year. And then I think there will be one or two surprises that nobody thinks of because um, we've had those um, with Microsoft in the past um and yeah yeah I'm special really nick forward. seems to think that it's a remake of something that we did not expect microsoft to yeah. drop so that that's yeah. one of the that's one of the big rumors he didn't specifically say what it is what remake he said though he does have it on good authority that a specific remake is coming as an xbox exclusive something that the fans nice. have been asking for and didn't expect for them to deliver i i don't mm. know what it is but i'm very interested yeah, I mean, uh, I think we will see uh, one or two um, other third-party exclusive deals uh, coming this year. We know that Xbox partnered with a lot of studios like yep. IO Interactive with Project Dragon. Yep. Um, we have others uh, that are in the works. Um, there, there was an entire list of code names that uh, leaked in 2021. 14 so we know of them, that actually. Yeah. Pardon me? 14 of them, I believe. 40, yeah, exactly. So there's a lot of them. And I think one or two of those will be in, in, in 2022. So, yeah, big year for Xbox. Even bigger than 2021. Yeah, crazy. Uh, Pong, let's get your opinion on this, brother. I mean, the, the deck seems stacked for Team Xbox. Uh, again, if they just finished the year with four the, the four games we know, that that's a banner year on any level. 
Uh, if you look at what Sony did last year, they started out the year strong and they completely flopped by the end of they had they literally had nothing first party releasing. And I, I mean, obviously, that's going to change this year with the with with Horizon, Gran Turismo, and the potential of of God of War, which would be a banner year for them. And they have a couple of Square exclusives that are two year deals that are you know that are releasing on the console, so they're going to have a good year. But I think I think Xbox is poised to have an even better year, uh, and a better year than twenty one, and that's hard to match considering how many great games released last year. Pong, what are your thoughts, bro? Yeah. I mean, we've talked about this so much boom. It's, it's pedal to the metal from here on out for Xbox, right? They're not going to let up in any way, shape or form. Uh, and they're building momentum. I, I alluded to it in our first conversation that I think this year is going to 2022 is going to follow a lot of the same pattern that we saw last year with some better quality uh, in the beginning of the year, starting with stalker two. Right. So I think that this year is going to be about the third party deals. Um, Jeff Grubb has reported that they've got billions, uh, you know, in uh, holding uh, for game pass specific uh, third party deals and second party deals. And I think that we're going to start to see that being spent this year as we move in. Um, I think we're going to get some big surprises from third parties uh, dropping into Game Pass, like, much like we did last year, but even bigger. I think we might see some really stuff that we never even thought would be dropping to Game Pass, dropping to Game Pass this year for sure. Um, and then I think they end the year with a bang. Now, the only thing that I will push back on is Wolfenstein 3. I was on that train last year. Um, and as I've read more and heard more about machine games and what they've been doing, I don't know if we get Wolfenstein 3 as soon as a lot of people like you and, and our, our communities are thinking because they've been working on the Quake reboot uh, as a support studio yep. and and they are also for id uh, for anybody who doesn't know um, and they're also I think all hands on deck with the Indiana Jones game um, and I really think that that's their focus um, now, now do you think that's going to stay exclusive Oh man, that's the biggest question of all. I I, I, I have it on good authority that it is. I, 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 I absolutely it is. That's, but yeah, but but uh, Pong, I have really have to ask the question because I've seen that a lot. People yeah. say that a lot. The Quake reboot, we don't yeah. properly know, was greenlit about a year ago. What have been they been doing the past four years before that? Well, Young Blood came out. Young Blood came out in what 2019? Yeah, but it's not from them. They only supported a little. They bit supported there. that studio you, too, right? Yeah, they, okay. Yeah, but so that's support. That's so again. You have an entire studio, hundred and sixty, hundred seventy people. Yeah, right yeah, there. yeah. It's somewhere. It's what somewhere in that neighborhood. Okay, could they have been working on Indiana Jones the entire time? Because we don't know when don't, that deal was done. I don't think so. Um, all everything we know is that that game went into full production in I think it was February or March twenty twenty one. Right, right, right. That's when we got the so, announcement. I'm just saying, prior to that, could they have been working on it but before the deal was actually studio. announced? You don't have a full yeah, studio. Yeah, no, no. I know you don't have the full pre-production studio. for five years or four years. Well, look, if Wolfenstein 3 is ready to rock and roll, fantastic, right? I was on that. I thought there was a potential for last year for it to come out. So I'm just yeah. curious because there hasn't been any word of it. And you're right. We, we do know that ZeniMax Studios, Bethesda specifically, but ZeniMax Studios in general don't talk about a game or show a game until it's close to, yep. right? That's kind of their MO. Yep. So so is it possible? Absolutely, it's possible. I just think that 
it's hard for me because Xbox has so much in development. You just listed off a great, uh, you had a great list there, Archimedes. And, and, and for me, it's really hard to wrap my head around how they're going to space this out properly because yeah. they have to do that. They can't. I mean, at some point you got to release the game at some point yeah. you do, but do you hold back or allow for more polishing on certain games because you have that extra space and room to breathe now because of the simple fact that there's so much and you don't necessarily want, we all as gamers would love it. Right. I, th I think it, to, to a certain, so, sorry yeah. if, if I jump no, in No, 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 go I ahead. No, go ahead. 100% for, to a certain degree. In the end, it's still a business and right. Microsoft knows how to run a business. Right. So you can't just say, okay, we give them an extra four years and, and right. suddenly right. the game is not no. a business case anymore. Right. The thing is, uh, I think you can space it out, hold back a game that is actually finished finished for a half year, yeah. maybe even right. a year, probably. Right. They could do stuff like that. Um, in the end, I I I can't remember who was it. It was someone on Boom's panel uh, during prime time a couple of weeks ago. Um, who said it? And I think that is a, it's a very good thing to think about it. Microsoft wants to have diversity in their lineup yes. each and yes. every year. Yes. So you can expect one RPG each year. You can expect yes. one shooter every year, one yeah. hopefully yeah. a racing game every year, and so on. They will spread that out. So if we think about how do they lay out their release schedule, yeah. what, what do they put when? Next year, we in 2022, we don't know about any other first-person shooter coming. Yeah, so, right. okay, Wolfenstein could fill that gap, yeah? I don't think they will put the Quake reboot or the next Doom or whatever in the same year with the Wolfenstein. And the same right. goes with the RPGs. And I think this is, is kind of what we need to also consider when we speculate about these things. They want to yeah, spread out sure. different genre, yeah? Yeah. No, and I agree with you wholeheartedly, and that's why I was shaking my head when you were talking about Avowed and and, and Starfield. Same. That's why I don't think Avowed comes out at, at all yeah. this year. I think at the at the most, Phil's plan is to bookend the year with RPGs. So yes. Avowed could be spring, you know, uh, next year, and then Fable. Let's just say. I mean, again, I'm not saying that, but I'm saying Avowed spring of of 2023, and well, then that could Fable bookend end the year. Dude, right, that's. Right. A, that's yeah. That's what I'm that's, saying. That's a fantastic point because let's let's just say for hypothetical and of course speculation town, our favorite place to hang out, yeah. co-mayors, yeah. all of us. Um, you 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 drop avowed first quarter of 23, mm -hmm. and then holiday 23, you you bookend Fable. the year with Fable. Yeah. I mean, Fable. wow. Yeah, that means you have star, you have Starfield, yeah. Avowed, and then Fable. I mean, that's Fable. that's yeah, that's exactly what you want, especially for engagement. And then Outer Worlds in twenty four, you know, yeah. correct. You have <laughs> you out. have the perfect. I mean, they've got it, and we're not even talking, you know, a compulsion uh, throwing in there. We're talking about so many RPGs as well. So I would love to see it if. I think it's possible the Quake reboot hits this year at, during Christmas time, and that would be the first person if it's been working on that again after Doom uh, Eternal came out uh, that they they decided to move into the Quake reboot. Um, that could be ready by the end of this year, and I think that would fill that first person shooter mode. And then Wolfenstein maybe next year, early quarter one um, with Avowed. Then you got your RPG, you got your first person shooter again, like you're talking about. That's the interesting chess match with this is is how are they going to move these pieces to make sure that it's constant but to also make sure to your point boxenberger that it, that it, it's got a diversity of of new games for everybody rolling into the ecosystem and i think that that's the important part uh and i can't wait to see how they do this because again they just have so much content that but even if let's take all that out you got redfall 
you you you've got you've got uh, Forza and you've got Starfield. That is one hell of a lineup Indeed. for the second half of the year, yeah. and and that's not any surprises. That's not third party deals. That's not you know you know whether contraband's ready this year or it's that's the next year contraband sounds like a good summer game for 2023 much like redfall is this year i think that that lines up perfectly um so again you're talking about a massive lineup we already saw what happened this year with their lineup that they rolled into the second half of the year with and how it dominated the news cycle every single month was dominated and that's how i think they've got this year lined up again i think 2023 is the year that we start to see from beginning to end first party titles dropping on a consistent basis big triple a first party titles whether that's once a quarter once every three months once every two months i think that's when we see that cadence really begin is 2023 but this year they are lined up already and again with with how they've planned it out if what grub is saying is true they got billions in the bank ready for game pass deals that means they're going to front load this year and then give us some you know good ones through summer holiday another big batch again of great game pass stuff on top of their first party i think they dominate again that's why i do believe a lot of people are talking about god of war getting pushed out i don't think sony can do that i think they're going to bookend it with uh a horizon and then god that of would war be a big i think they need sony. it they, they, they kind of have to have something this holiday it's not their, can't do it again yeah, because it's yeah. not their MO, right? We, everybody falls back on, well, Sony's never cared about the holiday. Look, Sony ain't stupid. Sony knows exactly what happened this year, and they yeah. weren't in the news cycle at all. They tried to force their way in. They did some really they, they did some really creative marketing stuff, yeah, which yeah. which which I give them props for. They took advantage of when Xbox was in the news. They were pumping out their own stuff on Twitter and social media about for, you know Horizon and all that kind of stuff. That's smart. But they know that they have to come up with something for next holiday. And I think that's why they bought those support studios. I think those support studios are going to be all hands-on for the PC versions of God of War Horizon. But also to make sure that God of War does bookend this year. Because they they, they do need it. They're, they're not dumb and they're going yeah. to do it. But again, I, I Xbox... Couldn't agree more. I want, uh, yep. If I yep. may, add yep. one thing. You're 100% right because... Yeah. Sony could afford it in 2021 because yeah. they were selling all the consoles Correct. they built anyway. Correct. So, Correct. and that's their their yeah. main business, uh, still selling consoles. Yeah. The thing is, in at the end of 2022, this is slowly going to change. In 2023 and beyond, we won't have the shortage anymore. Right. Um, or it, at least it's hopefully significantly better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we will still have shortages, but it's, it yeah. won't be that bad. Yeah. So suddenly, you have to have something to to sell your console and to yeah. market it properly. Um, it's yeah. not going to sell itself. Um, so correct. yeah, yeah, correct. They're here, under the gun, and, and Microsoft is on their own beat right path right now they're right they're marching to their own they're creating their own path they they don't they don't need to worry about anybody else because they are so stacked right now yes they still have to be smart yes they still have to do it from a business standpoint they have to make sure that they have their roadmap laid out the way that it's going to be most effective uh to to you know actually capture the attention that they had this past year especially the second half of the year they want to continue to capture that so that 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 word of mouth is spreading we've seen the ripple effects already so they're going to continue to do that but at the same time they're not worried about the sony's and nintendo's of the world anymore because they have so much 
you know, so many bullets uh, that they don't have to say, to, to, well, what are the, what are they doing over there? We got to match that. No, no, no. It's everybody else trying to match Xbox at this point. And Xbox is going to press that advantage as much as possible between first party, between third party, between second party deals. It does not matter. They're going to press that advantage because they know it's their game to lose right now. Pun intended. So indeed, I think it'd be a big year. I mean, great point. Mav, let's get your opinion on this. And then we, 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 we'll have, we have one more topic about uh, Mav. I mean, look, Microsoft, it seems like the deck is stacked. Uh, you know, we were all here speculating on what could be released. Um, and they have so many studios uh, that, they're, that, they're, that are pumping out games. Uh, 36 teams, 36 potential different games uh, being worked on. Uh, no one wants to see these games eat each other's lunches, right? They all we all want to see them release these titles and have all the room in the world to grow their IPs. How big of a year do you think Microsoft is gonna have? It's gonna be huge when we look at all the numbers of the studios and the projects they have in the works. I mean, you're talking about upwards of 60 ongoing projects. Yeah. That's not a that's not a made up number. It sounds crazy, but that is real, and it's only going to grow. Uh, we just got other news that Undead Labs is creating this support studio that's to help not only them, but potentially the other studios, right? They're, they're, what they're doing is building this machine of just pumping out content from all these different sources of all these different developers, right? So it's going to be absolutely insane. 2022, there's going to be some surprises. Uh, machine games... I I was on the I was with Pong before thinking it was okay. All the talk was Wolfenstein three and all these things. Personally, I'm not convinced right now that their next game is Wolfenstein three. Right now, I'm thinking it could it could be something like Quake. It could be it could be something out of the out of the box, out of the blue. It could be something that we're not expecting. It, look at if you look at their history, and I was kind of like looking around at things when, when you guys were talking. I mean, 2014, New Order. 2015, The Old Blood. 2016, uh, Quake Dimensions of the Past came out for Windows PC. Uh, 2017, Wolfenstein 2. 2019, Young Young Blood and Cyber Pilot. 2021, Quake Dimensions of the Machine came out for other platforms as well. Then also you have the uh, Untitled Indiana Jones game announcement as well. It seems like the last major, you know, numbered release for Wolfenstein was back in 2017, and they've done a couple expansions since then. I'm surprised. For me, for me, if Wolfenstein Three was the next game, I think it would have hit last year. I and I, I'm thinking there's something else going on know. here. COVID factor COVID, and you can take out basically one year from. Yeah, but you look. Each you look at all those games. expansions were big expansions. Those were and Youngblood was an, its own thing. They were on a like one to two year dev cycle on each one of these games, pumping out games frequently. It's been four years since Wolfenstein 2, right? It's been four years since Wolfenstein 2 now. Uh, going into five, five this year. Five, going this, year. five, five this year, yeah, yeah indeed. So, yeah. yeah. I, I'm, I'm just thinking, you know, with their, their involvement with the Quake franchise in the past, yeah, it would not surprise me if they have been co-developing Quake with ID, as Pong said, and that was potentially their next project, as well as 
working on the Indiana Jones game. I would I, that would not surprise me at all because I think part of the reason of bringing out that quick remaster was to drive interest back into the franchise. So I'm just throwing it out there. I'm not, it's a curveball, right? But if, if wow. that that could be potential next game uh, from from Machine Games, and and if if that happened this year, or if it's Wolfenstein three, either one, it wouldn't surprise me, right? Um, but being said that they have to have one this year, I don't know if they have to deliver anything this year because they are going to have that first person shooter with Redfall as well because that True. game is a co-op open world True. shooter yeah. from Arcane. Point. Um, they're going to have that. They have um, Forza, yeah. Forza Motorsport. I can almost guarantee you that's going to drop this yeah. year. Right? Um, that's another huge one. You have Starfield, which is also another first person slash third person game. Um, it's going to click with a lot of people that are fans of different franchises. Then we have like Punk said, Stalker 2 and all in these and we, we don't even know about the deals that that they're going to make with third party companies that are going to drop this year. Um we got a taste of it last year. That was only the tip of the iceberg. You remember when we got that news from MLB the show coming to Game Pass day 1 and we got the news from Outriders coming to Game Pass day 1? How much of a shift and change that was from the thinking of what's possible now? Before it was just Microsoft first party stuff and some indies that were going into Game Pass day 1. The tides have changed. The world has shifted. Now we're getting third-party big publisher games into Game Pass Day 1. And they don't necessarily have to have something from every category from their own studios to fill that void. They can go anywhere and fill that void and if they need to until they have that from all of their studios dropping in 2023, 2024, 2025. The other thing uh, about Obsidian, I don't know if that a game release every year is necessarily meant starting now. I think that's for like once about hits and following ongoing after that, because they're building up to that and they have those projects in the works. I think starting at avowed, which is probably 2023, we're going to see a release in 2024, then a release in 2025 and a release in 2026 and so on. And I think that's probably what we're going to see from obsidian. But as far, as far as machine games in the, in this whole Wolfenstein thing, man, I, I'm like, oh, I'm up in the air on it now because all the insiders were saying Wolfenstein <laughs> 3 was due to due to it being announced and it was going to come out last year and they were expecting an announcement at E3 and they're expecting an announcement at this time and and we haven't even heard an announcement of that game yet and instead we got an announcement of Indiana Jones. Yeah, that's right? true. So yeah. all these insiders that keep saying this stuff, man, I'm like, I don't know. They just keep missing on so many different things that... Well, you know, I, that's why you got to take everything with a grain of salt, yeah, right? 100%. Obviously, right. I mean, and well, of I, course, it really depends on who, who's saying it, because yes. you know, again, stick stick with people you know. We You know, obviously Clobriel's a good guy to follow. We've, we've also, you know, you can follow uh, Jess Corden. Obviously, he's on the Windows, uh, you know, from Windows Central. He's also on the Xbox 2 podcast. Uh, I happen to really uh, dig my heels into and become very good friends with Special Nick and John and Jordy and uh, one bad mother over at Xbox era. So I mean when they when they talk I certainly listen as well. So just yeah. be careful where you get your information from. Yeah, 100%. I I just I personally for me like if if it's if it's Wolfenstein 3 or something else, I think we will see at the latest something from Machine Games in 2023. 
but I don't know what it's going to be. Mm. And we'll, we'll see what it is. I think whenever they announce it, it's going to be either Wolfenstein is going to be a huge leap and look way different than we've ever seen it before with graphics yeah. and fidelity and, and gameplay. And that's why they've been putting extra time into it. Or it's going to be something out of left field. And I just don't like that talent. That studio is so talented, man. Um, it makes me question like when this whole acquisition happened, was there a conversation, you know, about potentially even something else, them working on something else from Microsoft stable? You never right? know. There's, yeah. dude, there's so there's so much potential there with that studio. They that studio came from the founders of Starbreeze. Starbreeze made um Escape uh, from Butcher Bay. Yes, they did. Right? Um they are they were capable of doing great things. Also, they had worked on I think the Darkness back in the day, which was a great 360. Darkness game. was awesome, dude. I love yeah. that. Replaying yeah. it. <laughs> and so these founders of Starbreeze left and created machine games. And then what they do, they took an existing IP and brought it back to life in a way that was huge. Okay? Yeah. Mm -hmm. They went in and worked on Quake and, and did good work there. They have, and they're, they're working on another existing IP with Indiana Jones. For me, if I'm Xbox and I'm Microsoft and I'm saying, okay, I we got, we, we got all these IPs and we're looking for a developer to, to bring some other stuff to life. And you're working with Bethesda. I don't know, man, there could be something else that we just don't know about. And that's all I'm going to say. I, I don't, I'm not saying there is, I'm just saying there could be something we don't know about uh, that gets announced other than just what we're expecting. Well, listen, everyone had fantastic points. Um, Boom, I, I forgot one game. Um, please, add it. I think that's heavily rumored. Uh, a lot of, of these uh, insiders you mentioned um, talked about that, and that is the console port for Age of Empires 4. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes, 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 absolutely. Which, which, which both Jez and Rand, shout out to the Xbox yeah. 2, state they're confident. I asked them directly during their show, and they stated on the show confidently, both of them, that they thought yeah. first half of this year. So first half, yep, yeah, that yep. could definitely bridge that that gap. How big Redfall of a deal would that be yeah. for Age of Empires on Xbox? Holy mm -hmm. shit, that would be. And I, I've never played an Age of Empires games. Ooh, I, oh, I, oh, I, you're I, missing I out. The <laughs> most played game of 2021. Uh, <laughs> I'm still playing wait. that game every every day for like two hours at least. I would um, play that it's, game. It's, it's amazing. The, 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 the last. Uh, um, our RTS game that I played that never got a sequel uh, is worth of at least $300 right now on eBay that I don't think any of you have ever played. It's one of my favorite RTSs of all time. Aliens versus Predator. Oh, oh my God. It was so freaking... I still own it. I own the, I own the sealed <laughs> copy and, nice. I still, and, and, and an opened copy. It's one of my favorite RTS games of all time. I would actually play this game if I could use a controller rather well, than the keyboard and mouse. Here's the hope for me, Boom, is that Age of Empires 4 comes to console, and because it's in Game Pass, you got a lot more engagement on a huge, yeah. on a huge title like that yeah. than before, where people were like nervous to try a game like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm hoping that Age of Empires 4 comes out, it's successful, and then it opens the floodgates for RTS games to start coming to oh, consoles. Consult. Yeah. No, that yeah, that that would be really good. But listen, folks, 
as we close in on the two hour mark, we still have a few minutes. I kind of want to just bring in one small topic, get everyone's opinion, and we'll get everyone out of here. Um, it was announced, folks, uh, big news for Sea of Thieves. Uh, first and foremost, they announced uh, that 5 million people purchased it, the, purchased the game that's available on Xbox Game Pass on Steam. 5 million sales of Sea of Thieves. Uh, what's interesting, and I have the numbers literally right in front of me, the player count. If you think that this is not a game that's that's moving mountains for Microsoft and rare right now, here's here's a a, a, a number that you may want to check out. In the last thirty days, fifteen point five five one million people are playing. This game in December, it was over 16 million and in 2021 topped out at almost 22 million people playing this game on a regular basis. Uh, Pong, I'll start with you, brother. Is this great news for Sea of Thieves and and, and Rare specifically? How big of a deal is 5 million people buying (laughs) a game that they could actually just play in Xbox Game Pass. No, uh, this I mean we've talked about this previously after the uh, Pirates of the Caribbean launched, right? And and how many people were engaging in it. I even engaged in it and I'm not a Sea of Thieves player at all. Um this is huge. Uh this is actually a bigger deal for Xbox because this was kind of their first if you think back, this is probably one of the first games that they tested their new philosophy on, that they were going to allow the studios to kind of have control. And when they believed in a game, they were going to allow the studio to continue forward on that game, even if it wasn't successful out of the gate. So that philosophy change when Phil kind of took over started with Sea of Thieves, and it's proven to be a huge success. And obviously with the concerning news of everwild and i'll say concerning just because we don't know a whole lot and there's just been so much hubbub around it that for rare to have this underneath their belt and for them to prove uh to xbox that they you know can take a game that might not have been the best out the gate and turn it around and turn it into a successful franchise definitely proves a lot right And, and so i think that that is a huge w uh, for Rare and that team over there that they can kind of lean on Sea of Thieves and say, look, we know what we're doing here, right? We we know, you know, this may not be the Rare of old that a lot of us grew up on, but at the same time, this is a studio full of talented people. And even if we do have some bumps in the road, we can persevere and we can come out at the end golden, right? And, and Sea of Thieves is that right? That that's your that's your trophy that you're holding up, saying, "See, we can do this." So I, I think this is gigantic uh, for everybody involved. Um, I, you know, I love the CFDs community. I know that there's been. Um, you know, just reading and and watching. I, I, I again, I don't play Sea of Thieves. I did play it when Pirates of the Caribbean came out. Mav and I and and Caitlin and and Three Bit and Psychonauts and everybody kind of jumped into it. We kind of played through the first part of it, and it was an awesome experience. It's it's just overall not my type of game, but yeah. I think that that what they've shown is that they've got that magic in them, um, and they can go ahead and capture. And I know this is huge on streaming on PC. There's still a ton of people in this community who regularly put in a lot of time on sea of thieves it's got legs which is the huge part and it's wide open for them 
to go wherever they want to, whether it's a Sea of Thieves 2 or whether it's just continue to expand. The Pirates of the Caribbean license, I'm sure, was not cheap to get from Disney. I'm sure that was not something that Xbox did lightly. That's a big investment. And now that they've got that underneath their belt and they can show the world, hey, this stuff kind of works. Again, we've talked about it here before. Goonies, there, you know, there's, oh, there's yeah, Peter Pan, dude, Hook. Yeah. There's all these different ways they could go with Sea of Thieves in expansions to give it fresh narratives, to give it fresh content. That this this game, we could see it last another ten years. Who knows? Um, but it's amazing. I'm happy for the team over there. I'm happy for Xbox that this has worked out so well. It is a shining example of what can happen when you let a studio that is confident in themselves and that believes in their vision move forward, even if it isn't the best out the gates, even if it does have some stumbles. You let them continue to work on it with that passion, with that love for a franchise, and suddenly you've got you know something really really great at the end and that's what sea of thieves is uh for me from the outside looking in so love yeah. it yeah. absolutely uh uh boxenberg let's get your your final opinion on this and again we'll get everyone out of here uh big numbers for uh rare and sea of thieves uh 25 plus million people have played uh yep. last uh, in the last 30 days almost 16 million people are actively playing it that is pretty freaking ridiculous and awesome and uh hey, five million sales on Steam is nothing is to sneeze the, at. Yeah, that is the true uh, accomplishment to to have um, five million sales on Steam alone. Even though the game can be played through Game Pass, this is amazing. Just kills the whole narrative that um, Game Pass hurts the sa sales. Um, <laughs> just saying. I want to to um, go in uh, one argument that Pong said at the very beginning of, of his um, turn. Um, and that is uh, that Sea of Thieves was kind of the, the first tryout for the new Microsoft. There was actually an interview with the studio head two or three months ago where he actually talked about that because Sea of Thieves was one of the first games that actually came to Game Pass day one. And he was like absolutely not convinced that this could work. Um, and he said, well, um, Microsoft, it's your money, but do you really think what if, if this game do doesn't sell anymore? What if then they said that's totally fine if you don't say zero, uh, if you don't sell uh, any any copies, that's totally fine for us. And he was like, okay, but what if we don't have a player base? And that's totally fine for us too. And maybe the, the player base will pick up a year or two later. That was literally the answer that Microsoft gave to the studio head of Rare. I can't remember his name, but yeah. So <laughs> Pong was absolutely right. That was kind of the blueprint for um, the new philosophy at Microsoft. And to see that this turns out so well is awesome um it's um the 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 it shows that the philosophy actually pays off that games can have long a longevity to it we talked earlier about um state of decay 2 i think that is a similar case here it was also one of the first games uh, that came to game pass day one and here we are a couple of years later um 10 million plus players uh, for that game as well um that is just awesome, and it shows the potential uh, that Game Pass can provide, um, not just to give you a big player base, but to boost your sales on Steam, to boost um, your player base that is then invested with other ways of uh, either monetization or add-ons or whatever. Um, just great to see. Um, yeah, nothing more to add. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, good stuff. I mean, Mav, obviously, you do a lot of streaming. Out of all of us, you were always streaming on Twitch at one way or another. Sea of Thieves is one of the big ones. Uh, what are your takeaways from the new, uh, the newly recently revealed 5 million sales on Steam, which is, again, extremely impressive? And uh, what, what, do you, what are your thoughts on Sea of Thieves? Where, where do they go from here? I think that Sea of Thieves is one of those games that is just engaging and going to continue to live on. Um, just with the formula that they've developed and the content. Remember when they announced that, hey, we're going to introduce new content like every month? Oh, yep. like after, after development, they kind of brought that game really into, into like the forefront. And with all those add-ons and all those, all those updates, they just got player engagement involved. And just like we talked about with State of Decay, they learned something with Sea of Thieves as well. How to support a game long-term and grow a player base, right? And they're using this formula with a lot of their franchises now. Whether people like that or not, that's kind of what the new Microsoft is. And these games are going to live in Game Pass. You're yep. going to be able to purchase them separately. But you're also going to have access to this these games that are going to get better over time and add content over time. To keep the engagement because what they found from franchises like Minecraft, Sea of Thieves, State of Decay, all these other games that live on kind of is with that engagement, with those updates, with all of this uh, player service type stuff they keep doing in all these games. Guess what? When you invest back into the games that are already shipped, they still sell. They don't stop selling. Right, it's not like a one-off. You release it, it's done. Move on to the next. You got to spend another six years developing the next game. Hope it sells. Done with it. Move on. Repeat the process. That's not. That's not what games are anymore. When it's like Halo Infinite. When we we're talking about that earlier a little bit, and I wanted to chime back in on that earlier about them taking the six years to develop that game. Right, you, you release it, and if you don't come out with add-on content and new stories and new stuff over time the player base will shrink. Uh, you'll lose engagement. You'll lose interest over time. Uh, that's what they're learned from Sea of Thieves, right? And, and Sea of Thieves is, uh, my daughter loves it. And you can, the thing about that game is it's something like, you won't play it for months, right? Then you go back to it and it feels fresh and new all over again. And and the, this is what happens with players. They've cl really clicked with something with this. It's a really well-made game. Um, Rare, Rare is uh, doing excellent work with it. The updates, the, the um, quality of life, the graphics, all these things are keep making these games better. So it's going to continue to sell. The next conversation we'll have on one of your uh, on one of your shows, Boom, will be Sea of Thieves has hit 10 million in sales, yeah, and has uh, had 50 million players because it's not going to die. It's just going to grow this generation with the popularity of Game Pass and Xbox. I guarantee you that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, listen, folks, what what a great two hour show to open up 2022 for uh, all of us uh, uh, on the Xbox Factor podcast. I cannot thank enough of the wow, man, we, we had 300 people here today. That's bonkers. I mean, and I honestly am I'm extremely humbled by the uh, incredible amount of support. We're rolling. We are just under 700 subs away from 10K. Uh, if you're new to the program, please consider hitting that subscribe button. Of course, before you get on out of here, 
hit the like button. That would be extremely helpful for sure. I just got to uh, just grab one more super chat that came in late uh, from Oh Jericho drops an outstanding $7 super chat and says Jeffrey card said in a, in, in a stream around September last year that they would have the fastest dev cycle ever to ship three. Uh, I, I'm assuming ship three in 2022 yeah i actually did hear that they are really working on a, a very fast dev cycle and i don't think the quality is going to be an issue i just think that they are really just working really hard but let's get to the outros and we'll get everyone out of here and we'll start first with of course uh pong soul uh let's listen dude your saturday show one of my favorite things to listen to in the morning when i'm making breakfast from mrs boom after our hike uh, looking forward to having you and Steel Rain return. Please, by all means, talk about your show on Saturday. Talk about where people could reach out to you on social media and what other programs are you attached to, my friend? Yeah, great to be back at it again after two weeks. Thank you so much, Boom. Uh, Boxenberger, obviously, Mav, brothers, great to be here with you as well, of course, and to try to knock some of the rust off after two weeks of, of not doing this. <laughs> it was hey, kind of fun. so rusty, man. I mean, what's wrong yeah, with you? I know, I know, right? I was a little bit slow on the draw. Uh, but no, it was awesome to be here. Chat, great to see you all again um, as well. And uh, real quick, um, before I do my outro, uh, I don't know how many people in the community are aware, but anybody who uh, has been in this community probably has seen Spooky Sprocket at uh, some yes, point. Yes, 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 yes. Um, please continue to keep him in your prayers. For anybody yeah. who doesn't know, he was found unconscious in his home the other day, um, and uh, he's been in the hospital ever since. He is in coma. He's had some brain swelling. Um, so please keep him in his in, in your in your prayers and thoughts, uh, however you go about doing that. Um, but a great member of this community, somebody Indeed. that uh, I personally had tons of interactions with, obviously been on his show. He's been on with us on Xbox Ultimate, uh, one of his first shows ever that he did. So please, 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 again, real life here, folks. Um, you just never know from day to day. So please yeah. keep him in your prayers and thoughts um, and hope he gets better and can't wait to see you back soon, brother, for sure. Um, but, um, other, th other than that, uh, Hey, this week we, we are full go on all the shows. So obviously Thursday, uh, PM in the PM we'll be back. That's right. Get to see Mav and I's ugly faces again on Thursday <laughs> night, uh, 7 PM Eastern six o'clock central time. Um, don't know what we're going to talk about. We've got two weeks of news to go through that, not much, but we're going to find something. So be there PM and the PM over on fun speculations channel. And then obviously Friday nights back over there, Xbox ultimate with the crew. Um, going to be great to be back there again as well. Let Mav talk about that Saturday mornings. That's right. Steel and I, yo, look. We do three-hour-plus shows. We got two weeks built up of this, okay? I don't know how long this Saturday show is going to go. It's going to be a nine-hour show. It, it, might, be an, it might be an all-day fiesta, right? Because Steele and I have not had a chance to play many games together. He's been busy with family and stuff. I've been busy over here on this side. We got a lot to discuss. So Saturday mornings, uh, over uh, obviously Living Split Screen is the channel. Split Screen's all one word. Find my brother from another Steel Rain and I there. Uh, it's going to be 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 o'clock Central Time. 
be there. We got a lot, a lot to talk about. That's living split screen. And then Saturday nights back on the shop podcast, PTK Blam, Centurion, Fuzzy Belvedere, uh, and myself. We got again another two week off show as well. So we're gonna have a fun time over there. 9 p.m. or 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 o'clock Central Time, Saturday nights. Be there, the shop podcast, PTK Blam channel. Otherwise, fantastic show. Thank you all for coming out again, over 300 people. That's just amazing. Thank you for being here. Hope you all had great holidays. Please be safe. Love you all. And we'll talk to you all real soon. Don't forget. It's the golden age of gaming. If you didn't hear all the stuff we were just talking about now, it's the golden age of gaming. So play what you love, love what you play. We'll see you soon. Love it. Love it. Uh, Boxenberger, uh, please, by all means, sell your brand. Tell everyone about your incredible YouTube channel. Talk about the new video you just dropped the other day. And more important, where can people reach out to you on social media? Yeah, first, thanks uh, again for having me. Uh, you know, it's always a blast. And um, like Punk said, we had to, to dust off the rust here a little bit. But <laughs> I'm glad we are back in the in the podcasting mode. I'll be on the uh, Midweek Mixer podcast tomorrow from oh, nice. Dutch on his nice. channel. Um, got some uh, big announcements co- from my channel coming really soon as yeah. well. So looking forward to that. Um, and yeah, people can find me basically everywhere on the Boxenberger, like you said, also here on YouTube. Um, where I do have my uh, YouTube channel. I just dropped the other day a video about the best games available in Game Pass. Last week, I dropped the video about Xbox uh, in 2022, where first-party games, where third-party games are announced, which are rumored and which are likely to drop. Um, We have a talk about that. So if you're into stuff like that, definitely check the channel out. And yeah, boom. I can't wait for next week uh, to be with... uh, of course, you, Pong, Mav, and then uh, Mr. Joanna Dark, uh, yes. you're full-time on the show. Really excited for that. So, yeah, thanks, everyone, and have a good one. Yeah, thank you. And last and certainly not least, uh, he is obviously someone that puts out incredible content and in quite an abundance. Uh, you have Fun Pop. You got the show on Friday night with the Magnificent Seven. You have uh, PM in the PM, which is just a freaking awesome uh, uh, pun on words i absolutely love it mav blame all means brother sell your incredible brand tell everyone where they can reach out to you on social media but more importantly where could people sub your incredible youtube channel well thanks boom and this was a blast getting back in the seat here at xbox factor podcast with pong and archimedes and shout out to mr joanna dark who's with us today um so if you are familiar with fun speculation, that's what we do over on fun speculation on YouTube as well. So you can find me on Twitter. Uh, so check out the YouTube channel, fun speculation. We do have multiple shows. We have fun pop as alluded to on Wednesdays, where we talk about movies and TV shows and lots of fun stuff like that games as well. Thursdays with my dude above me here, uh, Pong soul, where we would find a couple topics to deep dive on. We keep it, uh, a couple subjects where we just spend a lot of time just focusing on that. It was a lot of fun. Come check us out. That's Thursday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern. Friday nights is Xbox Ultimate Podcast. And we're eight now because Jasper has joined oh, the nice. crew so over there. the Magnificent Eight. Crazy I mean, Eights. I love crazy it. Eights maybe is where we're going to go. I don't know, man. Uh, <laughs> I got some, I've got lots of suggestions on that. Uh, you know, not everybody can be there every week, obviously, right? So, you know, we're just going to fill it out how it goes every every week. But um, we're looking forward to our first show back in a while on Friday night. It's going to be a blast. Um, 
and looking forward to that. And then Saturdays, we got fun speculation podcast with Key and Fuzzy Belvedere, uh, where we talk about all platforms. So just, uh, man, I'm, I'm loving doing this, loving podcasting. I'm, uh, I'm hoping you guys enjoy the content. Come check it out if you haven't already. And give us a sub, please, if, if you like it. Yep, absolutely. You should be subscribed. If you like the content that I put out, you definitely should be subscribed to these gentlemen. They put out incredible shows each and every week, and they are some of the most positive people in the community. And that's really what you want, right? You want to subscribe to people that are positive, that don't use hate or clickbait for their stuff, and none of us do. And that's why I think we are uh, we're going to continue to succeed. Mr. Joanna Darkness says, The Eighth Wonders of the World. I like that for, yeah, for the maybe. crazy eight. A little over. long. It's, it's, eight, eight. Wow. Eight wonders of the world. Eight. Wow. I love it. There That's great. Listen, folks, thank you again for uh, supporting Double Barrel Gaming in my trek to 10K. I'm hoping to hit that within the first quarter of this year. Uh, and uh, with your support, I can, in fact, do that. Please share the YouTube channel out to your friends. Put it out there for me. It would be greatly appreciated. Of course, hit the like button on your way out. And, of course, I'll close out the show with something that is important to me. Hopefully one day be important to you. And that's something that my dad taught us when we were kids. And I'll never get tired of saying it. He said, son, treat others how you want to be treated. And also, it doesn't cost anything to be nice. You live by those rules. And I can guarantee you you're going to have an awesome day. So take care, everyone. We'll see you next week on the newest episode of the Xbox Factor Podcast. Thank <laughs> you.